This is the smell of a warm three-day-old egg salad sandwich in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag with new Fabuloso lemon scent. Hefty, hefty, hefty! <sighs> smell the difference? When life gives you stinky, get Hefty Ultra Strong with new Fabuloso Lemon Scent. It smells like clean, freshly picked lemons. So no matter what's inside your trash, you can stop the stink and smell the lemon. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Got a nice little uh, seven-game slate tonight, and uh, I'm joined today by Adam Ship My Money Share. Adam, how you doing, man? Doing pretty good. Uh, always a nice change of pace to be on a morning show. Um, nice start to the weekend. <laughs> Definitely. It's always good to get up a little bit early on the weekends. Uh, snoozing isn't for uh, DFS grinders like us. So I, I think what the people will need right now is some commiseration. Because uh, I don't know about you guys, but I got kind of stuck with Bismack Biombo, and then at 8:40 p.m., like right before the the last game, they're like Cody Martin is starting, and I'm like, I'm not seeing any other 3K centers that I can switch to. Apparently, those are hard to find. What was your experience last night? Yeah, not only that, there wasn't like a lot of good mid range guys to switch to either. Because I had like um in cash i had damian lillard pj washington and biombo and so when the news came out i was like oh whatever i guess i'll just lose lillard and have to like swap somewhere but there was just like nothing to do like even to get off of lillard so yeah i ended up sticking with biombo i mean the alternatives were markeith morris kevon looney cody martin i <laughs> thought that they would try and use I, I assumed that the plan was to just try and use biombo against weissman which would still be like 18 to 20 minutes which would still be okay at 3300 the problem was just that he got absolutely abused while he was on the floor and uh, didn't get to play more than 12 minutes. Yeah, I'm sure all of you guys watching that have played uh, a lot of NBA DFS over the years know the pain of rostering Bismack Biombo. It's real. But uh, we got a fresh start today, so I'm looking forward to that. Before we get into the games, guys, if you could hit that like button. And also, if you're not already subscribed to the channel, 
hit that subscribe button as well. That'll let you see these videos more on your feed. And we got a lot of great content for all the sports, especially NBA. Um, also, got a special deal going today with No House Advantage. They're a new site that allows you to play DFS-style contests, except instead of playing, picking players, you pick props. Prop betting is one of the best ways to make money in sports betting. And this, in this, you're playing against other people instead of the house. So make sure to check it out, nohouseadvantage.com or in the App Store. And you use the promo code OSMO, you get a f- first match deposit of 20 bucks. So check out No House Advantage. So our first game is Cleveland at Philadelphia. And the big news today is that Tobias Harris is out. So uh, we've seen a lot of the Philadelphia guys be out. Most recently, Seth Curry and Ben Simmons. have to go a little bit farther back to find any Tobias Harris games we missed. Um, but we saw when uh, Seth Curry was out a couple of nights ago, Furkan Korkmaz got a ton of minutes. But then previously, Shake Milton has gotten some more run when guys are out. So I think what what everyone's dying to know now is who do you think is going to get the the extra run here with Tobias out? Yeah, Corkmoss uh, is a reasonable guess, but I think you could also see Mike Scott like rejoin the rotation and play you know 23, 24 minutes in his place. I think it's always tough with the Sixers to guess because you they, they have so many guys that can defend multiple positions. Um you could also see Matisse Thybulle get in the starting lineup. Um so I think the bigger takeaway here is you know this is the first game on the slate, so we'll have a starting lineup. Whoever does start, I think is likely to play at least in the mid 20s if not more. And so then it's just kind of keeping in mind how those guys produce. Um you know Matisse Thybulle not the best permanent none of them are the best. Uh, permanent fantasy producers, but uh, Thibel, I think, kind of towards the bottom of the list. Moss probably the highest ceiling out of the three. Mike Scott's had some decent performances and spot starts in the past as well, though. Yeah, Mike Scott, pretty low fantasy point per minute producer, but that's a good insight that he'll probably be in the rotation. It wouldn't be surprising if he gets to start here, which would make Korkmaz, uh, Ty- guys like Maxi, uh, Shake Milton, those guys wouldn't be quite as appealing. I know a lot of us have gotten burned on these Philadelphia spot starts before. Like I found typically it doesn't pay to pick the bench players. Has that been your experience? Yeah, it's seemingly been that whoever starts in normal circumstances, at least gets the bulk of the minutes. The bench rotation has more or less, I think, stayed consistent, like at least from a DFS standpoint, you know, guys might get a couple more minutes here and there, but it's been unusual for Philadelphia to bring a guy off the bench and then him end up being the biggest beneficiary of somebody being out. Definitely. So Tobias does a little bit of everything, pretty high usage assists and rebounding. If they put in Mike Scott in his place, I expect that to benefit the other guys on the floor uh, for their fantasy production. So is there anyone in particular you're looking at tonight for the Sixers? I expect that to be the case as well. I think it'll kind of just be an uptick for everyone across the board. Like, I don't want to say that I think Harris coming out makes Joel Embiid significantly better because the offense already runs through Embiid anyway. But I do think that, you know, it's it's still less shots that he's competing with. Um, Same with Ben Simmons. Maybe you get a little bit higher usage rate from him, which is always nice since he contributes so much in the way of of peripherals. Any extra scoring is really nice. And then, you know, maybe uh, Seth Curry takes on an even bigger role because, you know, he is someone that they rely on to space the floor. And um, he's, you know, a very efficient three-point shooter, but normally doesn't get a ton of looks. When you're taking out all of Harris's shots, I think that there's a chance that you get a couple more from Curry and then Danny Green. Nice. Uh, So... If we're looking at the other guys, I mean, Embiid, he's had some huge performances recently, but his price has gone all the way up to 10.3K. I feel like recently the kind of theme has been sometimes it's hard to get to guys at this price, and then the opportunity cost at center is pretty high usually. But Embiid, uh, he does look like he's in a kind of a smash spot. So how are you reconciling those two concepts? Yeah, I think Embiid looks great. The problem is just like this guy is on a slate with Nikola Jokic every single time he plays. Um, Jokic's salary did go up a little bit to 10.9. So you get a little bit of a price gap there where, you know, maybe that $600 in savings helps you out. I think that Jokic projects better than Embiid, but it is still a great spot for Embiid. Cleveland has struggled defensively. I don't expect Jared Allen to really do a whole lot to to slow Embiid down. Nobody really does usually. Um, So I'm going to be really happy getting to Embiid. It's just, you know, a matter of, I think, 
what ownership looks like, what format you're playing, how big your, your contests are. Um, but I do think Embiid's one of the, the best options on the slate. Awesome. Agreed. And Simmons also looks pretty appealing today. What about the Cleveland side? So Torian Prince, uh, he's ruled out for this one. And we've been seeing Dean Wade get the start. He's been around the league a couple of years, but hasn't really found a foothold. But he had his contract fully guaranteed by the Cavs recently. But then they also got Dylan Windler, who was a first-rounder in this past year, who's kind of maybe a more promising talent. I mean, I don't know if either of these guys are really tremendously appealing in fantasy tonight, but what are you expecting out of the power forward position on Cleveland? I'm expecting Wade to get the start again, but I agree that you're going to see Windler get more minutes as well. Obviously, Chetty Osman will be in the mix too, um, but it does seem like they've kind of gone towards giving the younger guys a little bit of, of extra run at the expense of Chetty. So I don't anticipate any of them being particularly useful. I think, you know, at 3,700 in large field tournaments, if you want to throw darts at Dylan Windler, it's fine and hope that he gets like 27 or 28 minutes somehow. Um, Dean Wade, you know, 3K or 3,300. So you would probably need him to play a few more minutes than normal too. But none of them look great in terms of average expectation, I don't think. And I hope to someday meet Dean Wade because then we could all be like, Matt D. Wade. (laughs) (laughs) I saw someone in the chat be like, D. Wade Jr. But uh, he's not that good at fantasy, unfortunately. Now, the guy that's been crushing for the Cavs recently is Jared Allen. I think he had like 60 fantasy points in the last game. And the nice thing about Allen is that he's very good at avoiding fouls. So he can play pretty big minutes at the center position. But the price has gone up considerably, and he might, uh, he's probably going to be matched up with Embiid, assuming nothing happens between now and Locke. So, how does that affect your take on Jared Allen today? Yeah, I mean, we finally got that price bump on him that was a long time coming. Um, he'd been one of the more underpriced options for the last few games. He's played really, really well, averaging about 33 and a half minutes per game uh, since Andre Drummond was removed from the rotation. He's averaging about 1.2 fantasy points per minute. All that's great, but now he's at a price point where um, he actually, like, there's a lot of downside risk for him now, whereas at its price point before um, the combination of minutes and production just made it pretty unlikely that he was going to fail. Then you factor in everything that comes with going up against Embiid. You know, not only does the chance of foul trouble increase when you're going against Embiid, but you also just have a really good defender in Embiid Philadelphia overall, a good defensive team as well. I think it's a pretty tough spot to get to Jared Allen. Not that his ceiling is, is lower because, you know, obviously he's still capable of giving you those monster games, but it's just, you know, there, there's obviously a lot of really good centers on this slate. We've already mentioned Embiid and Jokic, and there's several more as well. Um, I think it's going to be really tough to pay an elevated price point for Allen here. Agreed. Yeah, his his price today looks like he's pricing me out, at least. Now, what about the other guys on the team? Garland and Sexton have been pretty consistent fantasy options. And then Okoro is a rookie that hasn't been producing a ton on the fantasy box scores, but he's getting the minutes. So any love for these guys? Not really. I think Sexton and Garland are both fine, like secondary options in tournaments. They're most likely going to play huge minutes as long as this game's competitive. You can get 37, 38 minutes from these guys. And they do both see a bump in usage now that now that they are not playing with Andre Drummond. So I think that they're reasonable, but they also, just like Jared Allen, their prices have come up a little bit to where I don't think they're quite as underpriced as they were before. Um, Okoro plays monster minutes, but he's essentially in PJ Tucker territory right now. Like it just doesn't, especially cause he's not minimum salary. Like he's 4,400 on DraftKings. Um, he, you need a, a major like outlier game from him for him to pay off that salary, no matter how many minutes he plays. So it's pretty tough to get there. Um, yeah. It's, I don't know. Cleveland's a team that for a while was a, like a, a priority and you were getting to a lot of guys, but now their salaries have moved up to where I think they're pretty much just secondary tournament options. Great. Now the next game, Minnesota at Washington, I feel like this is another one where we're going to need the starting lineup. Unfortunately, this is at lock, so we'll have it. Now, the reason why is Malik Beasley got suspended for 12 games due to personal conduct. So I don't think he's missed very many games this year. And it's going to be a little bit unclear who's going to pick up the start. So let's start there. I know the the other guys that could potentially start could be guys like Okoji, Culver, Jalen, Noel. Uh, so what are you expecting to happen now that Beasley is suspended? Yeah, so I mean, based on their rotation last game, my guess would be that 
Jalen Noel gets the start, but this is another team where they just have so many guys that are, are basically interchangeable. Um, Jarrett Culver had been injured for a while. He should be back today. So, I mean, maybe he just immediately slides back into the starting lineup, but Jalen Noel uh, was mostly the primary backup to Malik Beasley last game. Uh, you could see Okogie get in the starting lineup, but the reason that I don't, actually, I guess you could see Okogie just normally they use him when there's a good, when, when there's like a star on the other team to defend. And normally it's in reference to a wing. This is the smell of a warm three-day-old egg salad sandwich in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! <sighs> and this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag with new Fabuloso lemon scent. Hefty, hefty, hefty! <sighs> <sighs> smell the difference? When life gives you stinky, get Hefty Ultra Strong with new Fabuloso Lemon Scent. It smells like clean, freshly picked lemons. So no matter what's inside your trash, you can stop the stink and smell the lemon. But they could use him on Beal, um, which would you know make, make sense. He's a, a more defensively oriented player than offensively. So um, my, my guesses would be Noel, Okoji, or uh, Culver. Yeah, I, I'm kind of leaning towards Okoji because he started before and... I feel like guys like Noel, um, a little bit more of a high usage player. So they're going to need that scoring off the bench where they have two high usage players in the starting lineup with Edwards and Towns. So we'll see what happens with Minnesota. But I think Beasley being out, his usage on the year is 25. So uh, whoever does start is going to have a lower usage than him. And that should benefit Edwards and Towns primarily. Um, so how are, how are you feeling about those guys tonight? Yeah, I think it should benefit both of them. And it's obviously a very good matchup against the wizards. Um, unfortunately town salary finally is increased in time for, for this game. But so, you know, he, he's competing essentially at the same price point as Joel Embiid, but I do think he's been pretty underpriced since returning, um, from the COVID situation. And we saw him play about 31 minutes in regulation last game, but he had played 36 in the front half of that back-to-back. So I think there's a pretty good chance that you're getting, you know, at least 34, 35 minutes from him. If this game's competitive, he should get more usage. Like you said, he shouldn't have any issue against this Washington front court. I'm trying to pull up numbers now to see how big of a sample we have going back to last year of him playing without, um, any of these other guys on the floor. It looks like he's played, 473 minutes since the start of last season without Andrew Wiggins, D'Angelo Russell, or Malik Beasley. 1.6 DraftKings points per minute, 30.7% usage rate, 22% assist percentage, 17% rebounding percentage. So really over those minutes, getting it done across the board, um, you know, and and putting up big numbers. So I think that combined with the matchup does make Carl Anthony Towns a a great option here. Definitely. I agree. I think he's going to be a nice center option, despite the fact that we have some other top tier centers. And as you said, Washington, pretty good matchup here. Now, I've seen people talking about a few other guys in the chat. So two guys that I don't think will be particularly affected are Jared Vanderbilt and Jaden McDaniel. And so those guys have been rotating at the power forward position. And usually you don't get more than 40 minutes out of those guys combined. Do you think those guys will see their roles stay the same? Or do you think maybe Minnesota goes a little bit less position and focus and just plays whoever they think the best players are. I don't think it makes their minutes more secure or, or changes their minutes. I think it's, there's obviously more usage that can trickle down, but um, I I think the bigger thing is just that they are cheap. um, And in this matchup, if one of them plays more than 24 minutes, they're going to look like pretty good options. Um, If you look at the last game, you actually got about 30 minutes in regulation from Jared Vanderbilt. You only got about 16 from um, Jaden McDaniels. There had been previous games where McDaniels was playing a lot more minutes and and taking them from Vanderbilt. I think the main takeaway here is that neither guy is safe, and I don't think Beasley being out is likely to to make them any safer. But 4,100 on DraftKings for Vanderbilt and 3,400 for McDaniels. If Vanderbilt does play 30 minutes again, he's most likely going to succeed against Washington. If he doesn't play 30 minutes and McDaniels plays 24 instead of 16, he's probably going to pay off a $3,400 salary. So um, I do think that they are low floor but relatively high ceiling tournament plays. Definitely. These guys are some intriguing talents. Got a nice little position battle brewing with Vanderbilt and McDaniels. One other guy that I saw mentioned that I don't think is going to really see a bump is Jordan McLaughlin. The reason being, it seems like him and Rubio just have combined 48 minutes at point guard. Do you see them going two point guards at all during this game? 
it's I don't expect them to. I'm double checking now to see how many minutes Rubio and and uh, McLaughlin have even played alongside each other this year to see if it's something that they've done. Now, obviously, this is not the best way to do it anyway because we have a new coach. But um, McLaughlin and Rubio have only played 15 minutes alongside each other. I don't anticipate it being a matchup that it really makes sense. I mean, you could like if Washington starts running lineups heavily again with Westbrook, Neto, and Beal. Maybe you see it because then, you know, Washington's running two point guards essentially as well. But uh, my, my expectation going in wouldn't be that you're going to get a lot of Rubio alongside McLaughlin. Good. Uh, I do think McLaughlin still has a nice price point, but I'm not expecting anything to change significantly for him. Now on the Washington side, uh, Westbrook and Beal are, are obviously the guys that we're looking at on a daily basis. And Minnesota is a very good matchup. So I'm thinking both of these guys are very strong tournament options tonight. What do you think? Yeah, I agree completely. And and their price tags are still very appealing. You had seen them get up to, you know, around 10K or a little over 10K recently, but now they're back into that low to mid $9,000 range. Beal at 9,200 on DraftKings particularly stands out. Westbrook 9,400 on FanDuel. Westbrook's been the better fantasy producer this year when they're both healthy, just because he contributes rebounds and assists in addition to his scoring. Um, but Beal, you know, still has a 35% usage rate. He averages almost 1.4 fantasy points per minute and he plays big minutes. So, you know, in any given game, either of these guys can be the higher scorer. Um, I think that on average, it's going to be Westbrook by a little bit, um, especially on DraftKings. On FanDuel, I think the edge goes to Beal because Westbrook is the most turnover-prone player in the <laughs> league, and you don't get triple-double and double-double bonuses on FanDuel. So um, on FanDuel, I do think Beal's the better option on – or the, the higher scoring option more likely um, on DraftKings, I think, it's Westbrook. Yeah, uh, I do like the price point for both of them on FanDuel at 9400 for Westbrook, 9600 for Beal. So they got some nice prices there. Both of them look very strong. Now the last game for the Wiz, Bertans uh, sat. So we saw some minutes trickle out um, to other guys, but he's questionable tonight, I think. Is there any other guys in the Wizards that are standing out to you in particular? Not that I feel really confident in. Um, the center rotation, I think, is interesting because, again, it's been really difficult to predict all season long. Um, Mo Wagner got the start last game. I kind of thought that they were going to start Alex Len based on what they had done against Jokic in the past. But Wagner started and played 18 minutes. Robin Lopez played 25 off the bench. We have typically seen Lopez get the bulk of the minutes at center. Um, he is only 3,700 on DraftKings. Probably not something you need to go to at a stacked center position. But, um, you know, I think the opportunity will be there at least for him and Wagner uh if Bertans is out though last game we saw that benefit Howell Neto which I think made sense because when you think about Denver's closing lineup you had Murray and Morris alongside each other in the backcourt so I think it made a lot of sense um I didn't figure it out until like 30 minutes before the game but I realized it would make a lot of sense for Neto and uh Westbrook to close alongside each other with Beal at the three uh that's what they did um so I think that there's a chance you get that again here, depending especially on, on who Minnesota goes with. But I think that it's also just sort of going to be a hot hand situation between Garrison Matthews, Denny Avdia, and Neto if Bertans is out. Yeah, uh, I wonder, yeah, Bertans doesn't play the same position as Neto, but it seems like that could have been a factor. It's just one less guy that's in the closing lineup that needs to be replaced. So we'll see what happens with Bertans today. Guys, uh we have a, a lot of tools on awesomeo.com that you can use to up your NBA game. So if you sign up, your arsenal is going to include the projections, the ownership projections, our range of outcomes, information on the boom bust tool. We also got a lot of other cool premium content. We got the game plan video where you can uh, ask the pros all the questions about the actual tools that we're using. So you can get that for $16.95 a week. Or if you want to play all the sports, we got a lot of content for, uh, I mean, NHL with Jake Hari. We got college basketball with Matt Kajeski, even soccer. We got uh, NASCAR, MMA, Big Fight Tonight. That's 30 bucks a week. So make sure to check out our site if you haven't already. Got a lot of stuff that can uh, help you up your game. New Orleans at San Antonio. So San Antonio is the team to start with here. They uh, had everyone out due to COVID last game. So we saw DeJounte Murray had a huge game. Some of the chalk didn't really impress with Walker and Mills. 
Today we got DeMar DeRozan questionable. Now they haven't announced exactly who got COVID, but I'm kind of putting the pieces together and I'm thinking maybe he's coming back from COVID, which DeRozan. Yeah. No, his dad died. Oh, damn. That sucks. Okay. So my bad. Uh, so that, that's definitely important information. So if he plays, he's likely to just slide back into his 33 minutes a night. And that will probably mitigate the interest a lot in Murray, Mills, and Walker. So what are you seeing in this game? Yeah, so I mean, obviously DeRozan and, and Aldridge being questionable is, is a huge piece. Um, if DeRozan's in, I don't really have much interest in paying $7,900 for DeJounte Murray, as good as I think Murray is. And, you know, he does do everything well on the floor. DeRozan takes enough of that away where I wouldn't be really interested. But if DeRozan's out, then you're just back in this situation where DeJounte Murray is like a 1.3-ish fantasy point per minute player with a rebounding percentage up around 12%. Usage percentage is high. Assist percentage is high. So even though it's, it's an elevated price tag for Murray, I think if DeRozan sits, he looks good. If DeRozan's in, I'm interested in DeRozan. Um, because, you know, with him coming back from a personal thing and not from any sort of illness or injury or anything like that, I assume he, his conditioning's you know, good enough that he can play his normal 33, 34 minutes at 8K with forward eligibility. There's some value there. But I think overall, the pricing on the Spurs is pretty good today as far as being efficient. Like the other day when they were all out, the whole team was just, you know, $1,000 too cheap. I think that they are at prices now where um, if the Rosen's in, I'd don't have a ton of, of priorities from this team. It's more just guys that, you know, I think are, are decent options because it is a good matchup against the Bills. Yeah, uh, I think the pricing, if DeRozan is in, is a little bit tougher. Um, so one guy that I'm looking at, if DeRozan is in, is Trey Lyles. Last game, the starting lineup was Murray, Walker, Luka, Samanich, Lyles, and Pirtle. So now I'm looking at this, I'm like... <laughs> Maybe Aldridge slides in for Pirtle in that spot, uh, a game removed from his first game back. But that's not really going to affect much. But I'm kind of thinking Lyles uh, in this matchup versus Zion Williamson, he's a little bit bigger of a player. So I'm thinking maybe his minutes could be pretty good. He's 3,800 on DraftKings, 4K on FanDuel. Do you think Lyles will continue to get the minutes? Yeah, I think that there's a pretty good chance he starts. Um, if he, if he doesn't start, then I would run the other direction. But uh, yeah, I mean, he played 26 minutes against OKC in his start. He's a decent fantasy producer. He's still uh, relatively inexpensive. So as long as he stays in the starting lineup, I, I think Lyles is a reasonable value. So if uh, if DeRozan happens to be out, then I think Murray uh, is probably a slam dunk, like you were saying. What about Patty Mills and Lonnie Walker if DeRozan is out? Because they didn't really get it going last game, but the opportunity seems like it's pretty good. Yeah, the minutes were there, and that's the thing that I'm more interested in, um, especially because we, we have a track record on Patty Mills of him producing at a high rate without DeRozan. So the fact that he played almost 28 minutes last game is more important to me than the fact that he didn't really do very well. Um, so I'd go back to him at 4,700. Lonnie Walker is not as good a fantasy producer, but he did play 33 minutes in that game, and I think you would get another 30-plus from him at 4,300. So um, again, you know, it's, it's a matchup where there should be extra possessions for San Antonio in this game, and I think that both of them, Mills and Walker, would be good values if DeRozan is out. Definitely. Now, on the New Orleans side, uh, we got a full house for them today. So a matchup versus the Spurs, especially uh, in this depleted lineup, seems pretty good, but the pricing has gotten up there. We got Zion at 8900 on DraftKings, AK on FanDuel. Ingram's 8377 on on FanDuel. So... The the pricing has gotten up to the point where I don't see a huge edge in going to any pals. Are there any that you're looking at tonight? No, same boat for me. It, it feels like it's been this way for a while now where Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram, and Lonzo are all just guys where it's just like, yeah, I mean, they – they're, they're good. They have high ceilings, but um, they're priced, you know, pretty much where they should be. I think the cheaper options here, Adams and Bledsoe can be kind of interesting just because the minutes are there. You just don't really know what you're getting from a production standpoint, but you know, Adams, I think should be able to rebound pretty well in the spot. Eric Bledsoe is a good player. It's more so that he's just stuck behind Ingram and Zion in terms of like every statistical category and then Lonzo as well. Um, but you know, I think that there is at least some merit in tournaments to look into the cheaper guys on the Pels and, you know, because they can give you those 35 fantasy point games, but there's no one in particular that just really stands out to me. I don't think. 
Agreed. Yeah. So maybe some uh, guys like Steven Adams, like you mentioned. One guy who got more minutes last game was Redick. Kiro Lewis dropped out of the rotation. So I guess if you're desperate, he's 3,200. Um, next game, Denver at Oklahoma City. So Denver, Gary Harris, Paul Millsap, and Jamichael Green continue to be out. So that opens up a lot of minutes for the rest of the Nuggets. Of course, we- Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. We gotta start with Jokic because he's been absolutely crushing this year. One of the leading MVP candidates. Probably the best fantasy player this year so far. Just racking up in every category. So you got this matchup versus uh, a rebuilding team in Oklahoma City. That sounds pretty good to me. What do you think? Yeah, I think so too. I mean, Jokic is always one of my favorite options. It's just a matter of getting to him. Um, He's going to project as the highest scoring center, I think, with most likely without question. And it's not a bad matchup here against OKC. So uh, no, I mean, it's not a great matchup. It's not a bad matchup. And for Jokic, it doesn't matter all that much because he does so many things well when he's on the floor. So I think that he's he's great again you know he's averaging over 36 minutes per game um averages about 1.6 fantasy points per minute leads the team in usage rebounding percentage assist percentage there, there's nothing to dislike about Jokic absolutely yeah he seems to be if you a guy if you have the salary uh, definitely someone you can trust now the guy that got big minutes last game that was a little bit of a surprise it was Michael Porter uh, he's always a very volatile player because if he's not playing well he's uh, not getting the minutes. But especially with the the roster a little bit depleted, I think we got to look at him as a very solid fantasy option tonight, although the price has gone up a decent amount. He's 6,500 on DraftKings, 6,200 on FanDuel. So how are you feeling about Michael Porter tonight? I I like him here. Um, The minutes have been up the last couple of games. And like you said, it's always just like – it's more Porter versus Mike Malone than it is anything else. It's will Mike Malone get tired of watching Michael Porter Jr. play basketball before the end of the game or not? Um, one thing I like about this matchup is that OKC doesn't really have high usage wings that are likely to make Michael Porter Jr. look too stupid on the defensive end. So I think there's a better chance that he is able to just kind of not draw Mike Malone's ire and stay on the floor. And obviously the minutes are there for him. If he's able to do that, Um, he's a a productive player when he's on the floor, his rebounding numbers should be better without Paul Millsap or or Jermichael Green out there as well. So um, I I think that there's, there's definitely more risk at this price than there was, you know, a couple of games ago when he was 5,700 or whatever it was. But I think that he still is a pretty strong option at this price point. Definitely. One of the most popular on FanDuel at 30% on DraftKings. He's about 16% owned, so pretty decent ownership numbers. Uh, the rest of the, the Nuggets, there, there's some interesting value too. So, Michael, uh, sorry, Monty Morris got the start last game, played pretty big minutes. And then Barden's getting a lot of minutes with Gary Harris out. And then uh, Facundo Campazzo off the bench seems to get minutes whenever the team is a little shorthanded. So are any of those guys standing out to you? Not really. Um, the secondary guys, um, I think are priced high enough to where I'm not, or, or produce at a low enough rate that I'm not really that interested there. One spot to keep an eye on too is um, PJ Dozier, I believe is questionable. If he comes back, that muddies the backup rotation a bit as well, because he can, he can play multiple positions. Uh, Monte Morris should play, you know, 30, 32 minutes. He's 5k. Uh, his rates do go down playing with the starters, as you would expect when you're playing alongside Porter, Jokic and Murray, but the minutes are nice for him. Um, one thing that I think is interesting from Denver is not only has Jamal Murray just been piecing together 
really good game after really good game. But his usage has really been up in these games as well. So I don't know if like you don't expect that to happen because Millsap and Green are out. Um, so I don't know if it's a health thing. I don't know what the deal is but in five of his last six games murray's had a usage rate of at least 30 percent for the season his average is like 24 percent and uh you know not coincidentally he's put up monster games in those games as well um playing huge minutes too so murray's kind of interesting to me just because the price point is very quickly elevated to where if you just look at his season-long numbers he's like clearly overpriced but if you he, he's someone in the past that has always shown that he's a really high ceiling guy. And then for whatever reason, now he's taking a lot more shots. If this is something that's like, you know, he was banged up earlier in the year and he's healthy now, then I think it's something we can treat as being real. If it's something where it's just, you know, it could just be a coincidence. He shot a ton in the last six games. Um, so I, I think he's still risky. I think he's expensive, but I think maybe the ceiling a little bit higher on him right now than it has been for a lot of the season. Fair enough. The price has gone up a lot. So <laughs> You have to be pretty confident that he's going. He's, his recent performance is not an outlier, um, but I mean the results have spoken for themselves. Now on the Oklahoma City side, Hamadou Diallo, if you guys missed it, he's out for several games. Uh, Al Horford rested last game, but I presume he's going to be back today, which is a little disappointing because Roby kind of he he saw uh, a ton of minutes last game, which was kind of crazy, but. Um, with Horford back, that kind of makes the front court a little bit less interesting. Now, Ty Jerome came back last game and had a monster performance. He's really cheap. And uh, if in case you guys forgot, he was a first-rounder last year that played for the Suns. Didn't really have a lot going on uh, on that uh, team. And then I don't know exactly what to expect from him on the Thunder, but there should be more opportunity. So do you think Jerome is a DFS player today, or is that a little bit too speculative? I think it's pretty speculative. Like, my guess is that he's going to back up SGA now that you have... So, so with Horford coming back, like, Horford's going to start. Muscala backs him up, you would assume. Roby moves over and backs up Baisley. And then you're moving Kenrich Williams up to back up Dort. And then you still have Justin Jackson and Ty Jerome competing for minutes behind Gilgis Alexander and Teo Maladon. So I'd be surprised, I think, if you got another 22 from Ty Jerome. If he gets like 16 to 18, it's pretty unlikely he's worth a roster spot. Um, so, yeah, I don't think I'd go there. Yeah, I don't think uh, he's a tremendous option. But I want to point it out because he did get 30 fantasy points last game. So I'm sure some people are looking at him today. I think it... It could be intriguing. It really depends how you expect this rotation to go. What about the, I mean, SGA was uh, big chalk the other day, kind of disappointed a little bit. He's a lot cheaper on FanDuel than DraftKings, so I'd say he's more of a FanDuel play. And same with Theo Maladon, 4,900 on DraftKings, 4,300 on FanDuel. He's been getting the minutes recently, so that's pretty encouraging. But playing alongside Shea Gilgis-Alexander all the time isn't going to be great for his fantasy production. So how do you think about SGA and Maladon? Yeah, I was kind of surprised how popular SGA was on DraftKings yesterday. Um, I, I love the FanDuel price for him, though. And Maladon's FanDuel price better as well. One thing that I think is important to point out from yesterday's rotation, you know, because we had Amadou Diallo out, um, they actually did stagger Shea Gildas-Alexander and Teo Maladon's minutes, which they hadn't been previously. So if they continue to do that, it does make Maladon more appealing because his as you would expect his production goes up when he's not playing alongside Shea Gildas Alexander so there is the potential for him to produce at a higher rate than he has been since joining the starting lineup if they continue that rotation with the Yalo out where Maladon's playing with the second unit and I hope we can get the top shot soon <laughs> um gotta get that triple star what about uh Baisley he's a uh intriguing talent but hasn't been the the greatest of fantasy this year a little bit better than a fantasy point per minute any interest? Um, not really. Uh, there's, you know, with, with Baisley, with Dort, um, not the best per minute producers. And they play, you know, 30 to 32 minutes, but typically you're not getting like 36 out of them. So it's tough to get to those guys. Horford typically is playing 29, 30 minutes. So um, not the most appealing center option on this slate either. Next game, we got Indiana at New York. Indiana, they've had a pretty tight rotation recently. Um where, I mean, 
Sabonis has been a superstar, but his price reflects that. Brogdon has seen his price go up. Uh, and the matchup versus the Knicks is pretty much one of the worst for fantasy because they're a pretty good defensive team that plays at a slow pace. So I'm not seeing a, a ton of value on the, the Pacers tonight. Is there anyone that's standing out to you? No, I mean, this is a matchup that I typically just kind of hate going to unless players are priced down for it. But that's not the case when you're talking about the Montes Sabonis at 10,600 on DraftKings, Brogdon at 8,200. This is a really slow uh, Knicks team. They're also efficient defensively, which is obviously the worst combination you can really get when you're, you're thinking about a DFS matchup. Um, so it, it's one thing when guys are priced down and you know, the sites are basically saying like, here's a discount because they're playing the Knicks, but that's just not the case here. Like I, I can't bring myself to pay more for DeMontis Sabonis than for Joel Embiid or, or Carl Anthony Towns tonight, for example. Yeah, definitely. Um, now one guy that's been getting some more minutes recently is Miles Turner. Center is really crowded today though. Uh, so I don't know if I like that. And then Holiday and McDermott, and the wings have been decent, but their prices don't look tremendously appealing. So uh, I take it you're not that interested either in any of those guys. I am not. Okay. On the New York side, I think uh, last game, everyone is kind of wondering how the Rose quickly situation would shake out. And we got the answer. They combined for 48 minutes, just playing at the point guard position exclusively. Now, Rose does play at shooting guard a decent amount as well, so I'm not saying that's going to be the case every game. But that was a little bit discouraging. Uh, Alfred Payton is doubtful again today. So did that scare you off of Rose and quickly? Yeah, it was it was surprising to me because we had seen quickly and Rose play alongside each other before. It was a main, it was a talking point when Rose came in that they could play alongside each other, and then because Peyton's out now, they don't play alongside each other. So I don't know if that continues going forward. It definitely is discouraging to see that that's the rotation, and, and I think the biggest reason it's discouraging is that the one thing that Tibbs has done pretty consistently this season is every player has had a backup. He hasn't done a whole lot of like you know this guy plays the two and the three. It's been uh, you know player A uh, backs up player. And so that's discouraging to me because if he's keeping that same mindset here, it just means that you're getting 48 minutes from Rose and quickly more often than not. Um, I, I think that's still fine for for Rose in particular, assuming he starts, because you're just going to assume that he's going to be on the bulk of those, get the bulk of those minutes more often than not, just like Alfred Payton was. And at 5,300, you know, Derek Rose still a very productive player on a per minute basis. And if he's going to get 28 to 30 minutes, he's going to look like a good value at 5,300. It just makes quickly a lot riskier. Like if we had seen, if we could be confident that quickly was going to play even like four minutes alongside Rose, then he'd still look like a pretty good value here since he is such a good producer. But if the most likely outcome is that you're getting like 20, maybe 22 minutes from quickly, it's really, really difficult to go to him with any level of confidence. Yeah. The thing that scared me off quickly is, I mean, he played 20 minutes last game and he, it wasn't because he was playing bad. He was, he had like more fancy points than Rose. So that was a little bit discouraging. And to, to think it was all because they wanted to get Frank Neal Aquino more minutes <laughs> off the bench. That was uh, <laughs> questionable. But uh, what about the other Knicks, uh, Randall, Barrett? Uh, I'm kind of wondering if Barrett, now that he's being backed up by Frank, has a little bit more potential, but it's not like the salary is really that that helpful. So how do you feel about Barrett and Randall? Yeah, I think it's still tough to get to Barrett just because, I mean, they, they ran a pretty deep rotation in general last game. Um, even if you exclude the fact that he didn't play in the fourth quarter of a blowout, um, he only played like almost six minutes to close the the first half. If you give him another six minutes, you're still talking about 30 to 31 minutes and he's not a great fantasy producer. So the salary is low enough where there is at least some upside on Barrett. If he happens to you know run into 33 or 34 minutes, but there's nothing from the rotation last game that, that makes me think he's getting a lot more. He's another one that if Tibbs was more inclined to play guys at multiple positions, Barrett would benefit. Like you could easily just not have Frank Nilakina in this rotation and you could give more minutes to RJ Barrett and Emmanuel quickly, which, I think most sane people would probably do, but uh, Tibbs not really known for his sanity. So I think that there's nothing really to suggest that Barrett's going to get back to, you know, the huge minutes he was getting earlier in the year anytime soon. I got a question from Matt. Thanks for the super chat. He said, what is the Knicks block rate? And maybe a good spot for Turner if they're above average. I have them at almost exactly average with their current lineup. So uh, I'm not seeing that being a huge factor, although – 
the Pacers get blocked a little bit more than average, according to my figures here. All right. Um, we have a special thing going on on Twitter where we're going to give out three weekly Osmo passes, 30 bucks each. Uh, once we reach 30K Twitter followers, we're at 29.8K right now. So, guys, if you're not on Twitter already, it's pretty much essential for DFS to be able to get the notifications of breaking news. Once you get on there, or if you're already on there, hit us up at Osmo underscore com with a follow. We're always uh, tweeting out a lot of good content that's coming out on the site and more. Also, we have a new feature on Odd Shopper. That's our odds comparison tool on Osmo, oddshopper.osmo.com. So on the props, which are some of the most beatable markets, you can see our projections right next to them and also what we think your chance of cashing those props is. They'll help you identify the ones that are, are worth targeting on each of the different sports books. So if you haven't already checked that out, go to oddshopper.osmo.com. That should help you out a lot if you're trying to find some prop bets. All right. Utah at Orlando. This has to be one of the the worst matchups of two teams I can think of because both play at a little bit of a slow pace. And Utah is really tough defensively. So let's start with Utah. Uh, I mean, now that Mike Conley has been back a few games, we've kind of settled into the rotation that we all know and love. So... That's not really making anyone stand out on the Utah side for me. Do you see anything here? No. Um, the thing is that the pricing on the Utah players that benefited from Conley being out hasn't really come back down yet. You know, Donovan Mitchell's still at 8,500 on DraftKings. Um, he should be closer probably to around 8K, which, you know, it's not a huge difference, but it's enough on a, a slate with so many good options to, to matter. So really all that I'm interested in here are the guys that, didn't get a price bump from Conley being out. So that would be Conley and Gobert. Um, Conley, I think, is a reasonable option still. Played 33 minutes last night. Typically, you're going to get like around 30 minutes from him. But he's averaged 1.1 fantasy points per minute for the season. So I think he's an okay option. And then Gobert, you know, gives you a really high ceiling. The problem is just that typically he plays 30 or 31 minutes. If this game's competitive, though, I think you could see a little bit more just because of the presence of Vucevic. Um, So maybe, you know, Gobert gives you a little bit higher ceiling than normal here. But neither one stands out as a a top option for me. But I think that the pricing on those two is better than it is for anyone else on Utah. Agreed. Yeah, maybe late slate plays in particular. But Gobert, decent play. Royce O'Neal's been getting a bunch of minutes, but he's a pretty low variance player. So not even all of that option. On the Orlando side, a little bit more interesting stuff. So Cole Anthony, Aaron Gordon, and now James Ennis are out for this one. Vucevic has been getting it done pretty much every category recently. It's only because he plays on one of the least popular teams in the NBA that he's not really getting that hype, I think. So... He's a little bit intriguing, but his salary has gone up a ton, too. He's 10K on drafting. He's 9,700 on FanDuel. The matchup's not good either. So uh, do you see him as a decent contrarian option tonight? The concern that I have there is that there are so many centers at the top, they can't all get a lot of ownership. If So, like, when, when you consider how good Vooch is, if this slate were just, like, Vucevic at 10K and Jokic at 10-9 and everyone was going to play Jokic, then I'd say like, oh, well, you know, it's probably worth it to take a shot at Vooch at, you know, 4% ownership. And, um, you know, because he is someone that while Utah as a, a whole is very good defensively, I'm not overly concerned about the matchup for him because he does do so much away from the rim that, you know, can make things difficult for Gobert. But the the thing is that when you have just at the center position, you have, you know, Towns, Embiid, Jokic, all at this price point, they just all can't carry that much ownership. So you're talking about, you know, yeah, maybe you'll get Vooch at 4%, but if Towns, you know, is 11% or something, like you're still getting a pretty low owned guy in Towns in a much better spot. You know, I I don't have ownership in front of me, but just using that as an example um, of how I expect this slate to break down, um, it, it ends up just being a spot where I think it's kind of a really thin play outside of maybe the largest field tournaments. Yeah, it's sad to to say, but I have to agree. Now, one guy that's been getting more and more minutes throughout the the season as he's returned from injury is Alfred Camino. He's 3,600 on DraftKings, 3,700 on FanDuel. Expect him to get another start here, especially with Ennis out. He's been getting decent minutes, um, but, I mean, not the greatest fantasy player in the world, so... 
Is that someone you'd consider as a value play? He's a decent point per dollar option, more of just like an in case of emergency guy for me, because I still just don't really know how volatile he can be or, or how high the ceiling is. Um, you know, played tw- about 23 and a half minutes last game. Maybe you get 24, 25 today, but the matchup sucks. Um, he's not, he, he's also just not a great fantasy producer anyway. So it, it's more of, I, I think that there's a good chance he like six X's his salary, but um, it goes back to, you know, your, your roster spot is also worth something. And when 6X means like 19 fantasy points, that's still not the most useful thing. We got Theodore in chat saying he's been playing Chuma Okiki. And is this finally the night that he's going to reward him with uh, NS out? So let's talk about who's going to get the start. I mean, Gary Clark has been out of the rotation completely for the last four games. He had been starting in that position for a while, but now that Aminu's in the starting lineup, I'm not sure, like, because Clark's more of a four. So do you, do you think maybe Chuma Kiki gets a start, or do you think Bacon maybe they go a little bit smaller? Uh, Bacon is my guess. Bacon. So uh, Okiki hasn't been getting the minutes outside of playing fantasy recently. But do you have any interest there? No, I expect him to basically back up Al Aminu. Yeah, okay. So that should be good for the low 20s, I think. If if he starts, then sure. But uh, yeah. going under the assumption that the starter is going to be Dwayne Bacon, um, I'm not interested. Okay. Last game of the night, we got Dallas at Brooklyn. Kristaps Porzingis is questionable for this one. So I think that's going to be a key piece of news we got to watch out for. Porzingis is in. Um, I mean, I think that we're not going to see another Boban start, I'll tell you that. But <laughs> what what would you expect uh, if Porzingis is back tonight? Who would be your fantasy options? I mean, Doncic is the one, obviously, that stands out. Um, he's actually been better over the last couple of years in games he's played with Porzingis. Um, even if you don't buy into that being something that long-term holds, he, at the very least, you know, he, it's not like he benefits from Porzingis being out. So um, I think Doncic still will look really good here. Brooklyn has played a bit better defensively lately, but... It's, it's still a fast-paced game. It's still a spot where Luke is going to have to have a really big game to, to keep Dallas in it. So um, I think Luca looks great. If Porzingis is back, I don't really see anything else. Yeah. Um, the center rotation is the one that's been most affected. Boban saw the start last game, but then he didn't even start the second half. Got bailed out a little bit with uh, five garbage time minutes, though. So... I mean, versus Brooklyn, we don't even know who's going to be starting at center for them because Jeff Green is questionable. So it's hard to really pencil in Boban if we hear Kristaps Porzingis is out later. Would you take a chance there? I'd be really scared because I don't know how Boban possibly stays on the floor against James Harden and Kyrie Irving pick and roll. (laughs) Um, Doesn't seem very likely to happen. I wanted it to be another Boban night, but maybe we got to keep waiting. Uh, what about Hardaway? Uh, I kind of thought maybe he'd join the starting lineup when Kristaps Porzingis was originally out. Now, if Kristaps is out today, if Jeff Green starts as center, there is a possibility they go to their old small lineup with Kleeper as center. So uh, do you think there's any chance Hardaway benefits if Porzingis is out? I think it's possible. Um, I thought that I, I had thought that either Hardaway or Brunson would start previously, um, but they didn't. The thing is, like, last time you saw when, when Maxi and Porzingis was out, James Johnson got that start too. So, like, if they go small here, like, if Porzingis is out and they go small, do they start James Johnson next to Maxi um, in the front court? So, like, I think there's a chance that Hardaway or Brunson start, but I don't think it's a particularly good chance um, just based on what they've been doing recently. All right, that's good to know because once we lock these guys in, there's not going to be a lot of swap options once we get the starting lineup. So on the Brooklyn side, uh, KD obviously continues to be out. Jeff Green has missed the last few, but he's questionable tonight. And then um, the news was they released Roberson and Shumpert, but then they re-signed them to 10-day contracts. So I'm not really clear if they're going to be available tonight. I think they are, which was a factor because Roberson played two games ago. Um, but with with Brooklyn, you pretty much got Harden. You got Kyrie. 
Harden particularly looks decent tonight, but the, he's the most expensive player on the slate. So how are you going to handle Harden? Yeah, I mean, Harden, I think, looks like the best option just because he's doing so much in the way of peripherals. You know, he's rebounding, he's getting assists, and then obviously he's a really high usage guy as well. But that salary does make it tough to get there because um, when you're thinking about range of outcomes and, and ceilings, you're basically paying a premium for Harden when the ceiling is more or less the same for someone like Luka or Jokic or, you know, other guys at this price point. Um, so I'm actually, I think from a roster construction standpoint, it might end up being a little bit easier to get to Kyrie and, you know, just hope that he comes through with a, a big game because he's still getting plenty of opportunities here. He's still got well over a 30% usage rate, even as Harden's gotten more acclimated and taken on a bigger role. The biggest issue is just that, you know, Harden's peripherals are a lot better, but um, he also is a lot more expensive. So, I think there's probably going to be a lot of builds where, especially if you're paying up at the center position, um, your lineup ends up looking better if you take the savings to Kyrie to get your Nets exposure. Yeah. Uh, Harden is going to be tough to fit in with us wanting to get to all those centers. Got a super chat from Bill. He says, thanks for all the info. Wanting to know more about how to use the tools. So thanks, Bill. Uh, we have the show, The Game Plan, on a 3 p.m. Eastern today. Terry's going to be jumping on. This one's behind the paywall, so you have to log on to the Awesome website to see it. And it's pretty much office hours, so you can ask whoever is doing it that day uh, any questions you want about how to use the tools. So that would be the place to go for that. Or jump in our Slack chat, Premium Basketball. People are always happy to help there. What about the other nuts? So uh, when Jeff Green was out... DeAndre Jordan seemed like he would get a huge bump, but I didn't really see much. It seemed like Nicholas Claxton kind of filled in as the backup center, but maybe Jordan closed a little bit more than he had been. So his price is 5,700 DraftKings, 5,400 on FanDuel. What do you have an interest if Jeff Green's out? Uh, minimal. I mean, his playing time in general has been up lately. Um, you know, only played 26 minutes last game, but uh, he had been approaching 30 minutes more often than not in, in recent games. And he is a decent producer. Obviously, he rebounds well. Dallas has allowed the ninth most offensive rebounds per game over the last month, which is is nice for Jordan, too. Um, but the price tag's gotten expensive enough where I think the downside's pretty significant when you consider that, uh, one, he could, like, he's not a high usage guy. So if he just sort of runs bad on rebounding, then you're in trouble and then also the playing time is still pretty volatile so there's a lot of ways for him to really really disappoint at that salary yeah especially they they kind of handle him a little bit matchup dependent i think so versus dallas if porzingis is in a center that could spell more jeff green i think who's uh their small ball center uh because porzingis plays a little bit farther from the basket all right so we've covered all the games here now, just looking back, what are your, what are your final thoughts on today's slate? Um, I think paying up at center is probably going to be a good approach because the the mid range really isn't that strong. I don't think, and the 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 top is is really star heavy. Um, so I think that'll be a, a target. Um, getting an expensive guard, whether it's one of the Washington guys, Luca, Harden, Kyrie, um, probably will be you know like my second piece, and then I think I'll end up paying down a lot at, at like the forward spots. Nice. Mine, I'd say this one, we're going to need to watch out for the news. So two pieces of news that are going to come before lack that I think are really important. Philadelphia's starting lineup, whoever the fifth guy is subbing in for Harris is going to make a big difference. Then Minnesota is also a 7 p.m. Eastern game. They have Malik Beasley out, so that one will be really interesting to see who gets to start there. They'll probably determine a lot of who the good value plays are tonight. All right, guys, thank you for, for tuning in here. We've got a lot of great shows ahead for you today. So first, we got the NASCAR Strategy Show at 12 p.m. Eastern with Jason and Phil. Got a great race tomorrow, so make sure to tune in for that. NHL at 3 p.m. with Jake and Cliffy, breaking down today's slate. And then behind the paywall, we got the game plan for NBA with Terry. He talks a lot about what tools you can use and how you can use them on the site to really build really strong lineups. Then we got MMA live before lock at 4 p.m. Eastern. Um, so we got a nice card tonight, followed by the NBA deeper dive with Spags and Ryan and live before lock with E. McIntyre. So guys, make sure to tune in for all the great content we got today. Shout out to our sponsor, No House Advantage. 
Uh, you can play DFS style contests, but bet props at the same time. And thank you guys all for tuning in and good luck tonight. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.